Wrestling Contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. It's Friday, y'all, and you know exactly what that means. And if you don't know, you're about to find out. Because it's time to listen to the classiest Canadian I know. It's time for the Fretzelmania podcast right here on WrestleAddict Radio. The cure for the common wrestling podcast. When you have to look at a wrestling match that is so strange, so infamous, and borderline uncomfortable, you need to recruit some backup. You look to the click. Of course, GCP for life. Nate, what's going on, man? How are you? So you asked me to go off on the matchup, and I'm going to deliver. It's those things where when you told me that you needed to have somebody uh, incinerate, evaporate, decimate, or as we like to call it, discriminate. This was one of those things where we needed to just, I got a lot to say, but you have to watch the show and I have some regrets, but at the same time, we've seen, you know, Bash of the Beach 2000. So we have regrets about that too. Yeah. Do you have, uh, do you have no mercy about this review? I'm going to give no mercy when it comes to my opinion, but as far as like, do I have regrets about it? Um, I'm going to say no, just because there were a couple of highlights for this. Like I said, it's just that match. And I think the main events are the two things where I'm like, Ooh, yeah, this, this kind of hurts the show big time. Oh, absolutely. But in proper, uh, Pretzelmania, or or in this case, 20 Bell Salute fashion, I like to look at the pop culture from October 03. Nate, would you like to hear what was in theaters at this time? Always. So we start off with a really good thriller, Mystic River with Sean Penn. Highly recommend that movie. It was pretty darn good. Speaking of things that were pretty darn good, School of Rock with Jack Black. That's an all-timer. That's good. And it was so popular that it became a play, which songs are really good for that, too. It did. And there was one DVD. I'm just going to sideburg on this movie very quickly. There was a great DVD extra where the cast is basically pleading and begging Led Zeppelin, 
to let them use Immigrant Song because Led Zeppelin is pretty stingy when it comes to movie soundtracks and movie trailers and whatnot. This was on all the promotional material where, you know, he's driving the car and the it made it made it perfect. Uh, not that perfect, but eh, is Scary Movie 3. Oh, I'd say this one. Oh, gosh. I'm torn now because I thought to myself, this is one of the series, but I thought to myself, oh, wait, but Tim Curry was in Tim was in two, and he's a blast in that one. Um, oh, fuck, what was his name? Um, there we go. David and uh, Tim Curry were in. And we're in two, and they're like the highlights of that movie. Okay, there, you're just FYI, Nate. You you have like there's little like cuts once in a while with your mic. I it, it might be the internet on our end, but I just check your connection. Um, yeah. And, and last but not least, we have uh, a Tarantino movie, Kill Bill, Volume One. Woo, Kill Bill. That, that is a classic. In music, we have a really good full circle moment here. So. I got, well, this ain't a shot. This is a full-on thing of scotch I'm saving for something else. Uh, Blink-182's feeling this when we come full circle to, uh, have you seen their new music video one more time? No, I haven't. It is, uh, it's a bit of a tearjerker. It kind of covers their falling out and getting back together. And I, I, I can't do it justice. You just have to, you just have to watch it, listen for the lyrics and, it's full of nostalgia of all of their music videos while reminiscing and kind of making up. We have Outcasts, Hey Ya, and Porns Right Now. In video games, okay. <sighs> oh, oh, it's, uh, oh yeah, background. Here comes the pain. <laughs> yeah, I my little it. fire, that little firefly background made this kind of glitch up yeah smackdown here comes the pain and i tried to fire up my ps2 earlier today and i was disappointed to find out it's not working that well so i'm gonna have to look into that but one of the goats of wrestling games and here comes the pain and the crew goat no mercy which is right beside me here as well wrestling fans talk about these two as the absolute best of all time and doing a complete parallel to one of the worst wrestling video games of all time do I have to talk about backyard wrestling for the Xbox? Oh, there we're going crush hour, but uh, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that's uh, that's an all time low. Oh boy, yeah, it's uh, sunk to a brand new low. Shout out to Treble Charger. Uh, the original, the first Call of Duty, bringing back memories. That that's a good time. GTA three. And one and this next one brings back good memories for me. Tony Hawk Underground. Abs a bona fide classic. I played the crap out of this with my friends back in the day. And now finally we're here at No Mercy in the first Mariner Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, in front of approximately 8,500 fans, 254,000 buy rate. October 19th, 2003, on Sunday Night Heat, we had Billy Kidman defeating Shannon Moore. I did not watch. The opening to this show, Nate. 
Um, that's one. To, that's a strange one, full of, you know, childhood stuff and daddy and little girl laughing and then Vince turning out into a maniacal monster and talk about uncomfortable. We're not that uncomfortable yet, but my lord, uh, do you have anything to say about that opening, Nate? So, anytime that I watched Survivor Series. 03 that was always like one of the first things that they always previewed and had to watch that over and over and over it's just it was really hard to get through it's like first half is one of those things where it's hard to get through but then once we get to them talking about brock and taker then it's like okay there's some hope for this because you know last year they well the previous year that this happened they had a hell in the cell which was awesome and it was great. There's a way they could fuck this up, right? 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 We'll, we'll get there, but my lord. Opening the show in proper SmackDown fashion is the Cruiserweight Championship match. New champion Tajiri defending against Rey Mysterio, reigniting a rivalry that we've seen on again and off again throughout the year. And speaking of on again, off again throughout the year, we had Nydia and Jamie Noble at ringside previous to this. And uh, Nydia was recently blindsided, but blinded, I should say, by Tajiri's Black Mist. And she is now a symbiote. I am just waiting for Venom 3 with Nydia. Maybe bring back uh, Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. I have to watch number two because I love Carnage. Haven't gotten it yet, and it's kind of weird that they're helping Ray when earlier this year they were wrestling each other for the Cruiserweight Championship. And one thing I love here is that Tajiri has levels and tiers of mist. Green mist, pretty basic. It'll help him win matches and mess with his opponents. The red mist is one that we don't see very often, and it's more of a desperation tactic but the black mist the black mist is basically well it's like what julia hart is doing right now it's just it's evil it's maybe corrupting people like julia hart could be corrupting sky blue but that's a different conversation and uh nate would you do banana mist yellow mist wait that might not look very good on your opponent but especially if they're wearing all white you know it's one of those things where it would just kind of look like I had like a like like gold just coming out of my mouth or something like that. Like I had I had some like gold dust makeup just put in my mouth. Um, it's a possibility. I I probably would do it honestly. Um, one of the funniest things actually you mentioned the red mist is that that actually did come into play in the match with Nakamura and Rollins at Fastlane. And as well as moments where when he hit that, I was like, oh, shoot, we might be seeing, oh, my gosh, we could be seeing a new champion. But no, no, just no. The the mist is just there for show now, which is sad. But, yeah, I loved the layers of mist that Tajiri brought to this. He just, oh God, Tajiri is amazing. Tajiri is awesome. I don't care what anyone says. Tajiri is a freaking goat in Japan. He is he is very underrated, and he, I've been enjoying his reign here. 
I'm not going to get into the rest of his reign much longer. I'm going to get into that at the end of the show, but we had, we had a very good cruiserweight match here. We had them trading strikes back and forth. We get Tajiri with the cheap shot, Ray Mysterio hitting the Ricky, the dragon steamboat arm drag. We had a leg bar by Ray, which is great psychology. So Tajiri couldn't land any kicks. Uh, brain head tap emoji ray backflips out of a suplex we have the handspring elbow countered into a drop kick to the back very awesome spot another great back and forth match here we had a flying arm breaker over the rope we have the arm bar and the arm drag holds one and six in chris jericho's a thousand four holds to jerry kicks he is now working the arm of ray ray with a great tornado ddt and I'm watching this and it's so good not to hear tweet after a two count. Like it's so refreshing. It's like not, not hearing what chance or in about five years, we're going to get sick of. Yeah. Chance it's, it's going to happen. Um, we have a West coast pop countered into a crisp power bomb. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Say magnifique. We have the one, two, three kid moonsault by Ray, the tarantula, the buzzsaw kick is missed. We have the West Coast pop. And then we see two fans come into the ring here to interfere and cause a distraction, allowing the buzzsaw kick for Ray to retain. Nate, do you know who these people were? I know one of them. I'm trying to remember the name of the other guy because I remember one of them was Akio. The second one... For some reason, I'm blanking on his name. The late Ryan Sakota. Sakota, that's who it is. Yeah, we just lost him, I think, about a year or so ago. But we had Jimmy Wang Yang and Sakota here joining Tajiri. The <laughs> they would be known on at least the message boards as the Yakuza, but because it's probably not a good idea to use that. Name on TV, despite the fact Sony was releasing PlayStation games and named Yakuza at the time, they were unofficially called Kyodai. I don't know what that might translate to, but man, that, that's, that's a lot to take in for the opening match. What did you think, bro? I loved it. It was really good back and forth between these two guys. Um, it is amazing that uh, how many times that they fight against each other and it does feel like there's something different about every match that they have i don't know what it is exactly if they just think okay let's watch a previous matchup let's kind of incorporate this but let's also try something different into the mix as well it's just amazing watching these two go and it just seems like it's like better and better and better to where now you can put them like in a random smackdown and it's like oh we're gonna get something good so, yeah, great way to open the show. It was good. Backstage, we have Josh Matthews interviewing Vince uh, McMahon. Boo to both. Oh, boo. boo. I was saying boo-earns. So we had a bit here where it's like, are you nervous about facing your daughter tonight? And Vince is just like, I'm not as nervous as you. What kind of stupid question is that? You know, this, this match is personal and also somehow business which give them the storyline you know what i'm going to give them that that makes kind of my, that kind of makes sense and vince then threatens anyone not to interfere if you interfere in this match not only will you be fired from here you won't be getting a job anywhere 
And I'm pretty sure that's encompassing all forms of employment. So stay backstage. <laughs> Next up here, A-Train versus Chris Benoit. And this match is kind of paying tribute to uh, Stu Hart, who had just passed away at the time the week previous. He is a uh, stretching angels now. Hey, you, 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 come, you sleep a hold. You come from this side. I love that story time with Jake Roberts talking about Brett and Stu. Phenomenal stuff. There's a sign. Ape train. <laughs> funny, funny. I'm a hairy, I'm a hairy dude too. I mean, in the words of Ron Swanson, only women shave beneath the neck. Uh, we have bits here. Your shave your back chance, because of course, uh, a train here abusing Benoit, getting one of two kind of Davy Goliath matches we have throughout the night. Uh, you're outpowering spots, and Benoit's getting the hope spots. And okay, I'm gonna land a suplex on this guy eventually. And he finally does, but he have the German suplexes. We have the delayed butterfly suplex by A-Train. is such an underrated move. Like, this guy was damn good. Like, go see his reign in Japan when he was tagging with um, Tomko. Seriously, he was tagged with Tomko, and they had a killer run in Japan. Uh, he had a Baldo bomb. You had this chair wedged in the corner, and A-Train... Kicks it, puts his foot through it, and because he's selling an injured knee, and because we're paying tribute to Stu Hart, Bret Hart, I think, had just suffered his stroke. We're loving the hearts tonight. Sharpshooter and the win. How do you like this one, bud? Um, good hearting match between these two. Uh, there was one moment that I thought was scary. Like uh, some people that watch the video, they'll see me doing a lot of like the whole, like almost biting my knuckles kind of deal. This was the match that, dear God, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh my, how is he not dead? Where A-Train has him pressed up and it looks like he's trying to get him down. But unfortunately, Benoit goes down, hits his head on the chair that's on the ground. It's one of the most scary moments in wrestling to where I'm like, how is how are you not dead? I know that you know he's hit he's had the neck surgery. It's one of those things where it's just ah, God, that that just scares me the most. But other than that moment, good heart hitting deal. Like you said, nice paying homage to Stu with the sharpshooter. It was definitely one of those things where compared to other matches where we see Benoit fight a bigger guy, this is a better one. Other ones beyond this, eh, doesn't make you yearn for more. Yeah, um, I'm not reviewing Benoit versus Kane. I'm letting you know that right now. That is that is that is off the table. Well, speaking of things that are... Visceral. <laughs> oh, ugh, yeah. Speaking of things that are off the table, Heidenscheidt. I mean, Heidenreich. Yay! Is with V1 and V2, and they're talking about Little Johnny. Mm. I, that's the only thing I took. I just said Little Johnny, and I'm like, it's not the same. Wait, did R Truth do Little Johnny too? He did. Or was he Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay, not to be confused with R Truth's Little Jimmy, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, Heidenscheid, do you have any words? 
I love Heidenreich. I don't care. I don't care. I, I know he has one of the most uncomfortable moments in all of wrestling, but at the same time, I loved Heidenreich. I thought he was great. This was just one of those things where, well, I'll bear in mind that this is when he was John Heidenreich. He had a first name, <laughs> which makes all the difference in the world. Oh, yes. Just ask Antonio Cesaro and insert other thing, other names here over the years. <laughs> oh. Nate, we get to talk about Zach Gowan next. Zach Gowan? Bro. Okay. Dude, can we talk about the fact that this matchup has been promoted for like months on end and it never really happened until now? <laughs> because injuries, either kayfabe or, or not, Brock Lesnar F5'd a one-legged man into the ring post and wiped him down set of stairs, which it's not supposed to be funny, but the visual. I mean, it was almost like Zack Ryder getting hoyed off the stage by Kane, except he Cowan was actually able to break his fall on like Zack Ryder. Oh, it's it's like WWE, just stay away from wheelchairs and stairs. I think that's what we need to learn from this. Because it's gonna be comedically funny or comedically horrifying. And stay away from tables, ladders, and stairs match too. I'm looking at you, Eric Redbeard. Love you, Eric Redbeard, but come on. So Gowan's theme. Do you know do you notice kind of a beat to his theme that kind of sounds like someone else's? Um maybe I wait. Oh shoot. Now that you mention it, yeah, it does sound very familiar. I, I think I'm still thrown off with that whole beginning, like uh sound like a computer setup deal, but I'm trying to remember. Why do that? What now? It's starting to sound familiar. It's like, where the fuck have I heard that before? Where have I heard that? Okay, so Zach Gowan, the the theme that he used, that get out of my way or whatever the crap it was called, it has the riff of uh, Kurt Angle's da 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 da. Oh. This was initially allegedly going to be used as Angle's theme upon his comeback, at least for vignettes, if not for his baby face run maybe to negate the you suck chance i guess the the one theme he had in ecw that just looped that yeah negated negated that but allegedly this is a kurt angle theme i don't know if that's legit or not but it makes sense because it sounds like that and apparently also uh wwe allegedly signed the wrong the wrong one-legged wrestler so they were stuck with gowan Again, rumor and innuendo. Today's Matt Facts. Nate, I love Matt Facts. What about you? They're just amazing. Even not modern day Matt Facts are great. Yeah, on his on his Facebook page, just amazing. Matt cannot be grossed out. Uh, we knew that because of Fear Factor. Did you watch his the WWE episode of Fear Factor? Oh, I missed that. It was something else. The things that that Joe Rogan made. Matt, it, it was like a WWE protein shake. So you spin the wheel, make the deal, or roll the dice, or a raw roulette with your ingredients. Get gross ingredients. Matt drinks it like it's nothing. And Matt has survived five car wrecks. As I said in a previous Matt fact where he got out of speeding tickets, that's not a brag. Um, that's unfortunate. So this is a quick back and forth TV match. I really got not not much to say other than Zach Gowan wins with a moonsault. 
this match was supposed to happen at I want to say SummerSlam. Yes. And Matt Hardy won by forfeit because that's when Tech Cowan got injured. Now we're finally here, like what three months later? Well, because brand exclusive pay-per-views. And Zach Gowan is also not much longer for the WWE. What do you have to say about this contest, Nate? Eh, I think that's kind of really basically it. That that's that's all we can say. Uh next up. Okay, we're back at Vince again. He's on the he's on the couch, I think, with Sable. And sweet zombie Linda is here to save the show and try to talk Vince out of it. No. But I am going to give Stephanie an advantage. I can only win by submission. Stephanie, he can win by pinfall and submission. This match is also, of course, no holds barred. And then Linda storms out like a beat off wife. Was it something I said? Yes, Vince. It was something you said. Just what you're doing with your dog. It's it's, it's, after, it's the match after this match. We're just going to power along to APA. Always pounding ass. Versus the Bashams. Probably also pounding ass. And a judge. Each their own. Well, to be fair, I don't think that they're doing the gimmick, the the, the gimp thing just yet, but it's getting close. It is getting close. There's elements of it here. They haven't had actual whips in their entrance theme yet. Like that's that's coming. That's probably on the next SmackDown I talked about. Okay, there's a bunch of troops out at ringside. Uh, JBL saluting them. Uh, JBL looks absolutely wasted out here. I think the APA was uh, open for business, if Woo! you will. Uh, play, you know, playing their gimmick for real. I mean, they are notorious partiers, anyways. But this was. I don't want to say it was a nothing match because there was stakes here. There was a storyline from a previous week where they had a match on SmackDown where Shaniqua, all power to her, took a full-on clothesline from hell, and I'm pretty sure Bradshaw didn't hold back. No, we, we've heard stories about Bradshaw and how he definitely is uh, very stiff, we'll say, with certain people, so... This would not have surprised me if he literally was just like, I'm going all ham on this one. And to credit, to cre I'll give him credit, that brings out the aggression in other people. Uh, not to the bullying standpoint, but it's like if him and Hardcore Holly have a match against each other, you know they're just going to take lumps out of each other, literally. So it was here. It was very, very recently. I think only in the past couple of years. I learned that the Bashwins are not brothers. Like, legit, they're, they're not. It's crazy. It's really weird that they found two guys that look very similar to each other, and they're not blood-related. Well, Doug Basham is Doug Basham. Like, if you've seen the... I started watching the Netflix wrestlers, Al Snow and OVW. Very mm -hmm. good. They're, and Doug Basham's in it. He's a trainer in OVW. Danny Basham's another guy I think they just hired, and when he shaved his head, he's like, look like yeah you're Quinn Magic get in there um, 
So we have here an unprotected chair shot in here and a win from the Basham brothers in a back and forth decent TV match. Thanks to the help of Shaniqua and her new tits. Rats. However, did she get those inflated fun bags? You, you see, Nathaniel, when a mommy and a daddy like to excite things a little bit in the bedroom, sometimes mommy, mammy, Rhea, likes to um, go under the knife. Well, Doug Basham wins the Rough Rider, <laughs> by the way. And backstage, <laughs> the Bashams are quite literally drooling over Shaniqua's augmentation. Like, oh, they're voluptuous. They're speaking of things that are uncomfortable. This was okay. I hate PD80, PD80 to begin with, but this was outrageous. Like, oh, shoot. Well, yeah, wasn't there like a backstage deal where they were just drooling all over that? That's exactly what I'm referencing oh. now. <laughs> and it's like that clothesline gave me swelling in my chest. And they're like, it's it. Is it permanent? Is it permanent? It's permanent. Well, let's go whip it good. Da 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 da. Whip it, whip it good. Nate, what the hell? I love how in wrestling you can literally just say, "I get hit so hard that somehow a part of my body just grew." It's just one of those things where it's like it's so true to form that wrestling can be that stupid, but somehow that entertaining. <laughs> I mean, just look at Matt Cardona and Mackie Ito and everything they're doing on the Indies. It's hysterical. It's kind of like that. Like Mackie Ito said, suck my dick. That's funny. It's, it's just this, so one, this, this bit was so stupid and so, but it was so funny. It was disturbing. Do you have anything else to add to it, Nate? Because we got to get into I'm, I'm still, I'm still loving the fact that it's literally just... Clothesline gets you bigger tits. So it's literally one of those things where now most women are probably just like, um, I don't need the back problem, so I think I'm good. I'll just take like a power bomb or something like that. Because I don't, I don't know if any other woman took a clothesline from hell after this moment because they probably knew that they probably would have to get enhancements, we'll say. But um, it's just so funny. Literally... I think that this was one of the few things where I was like, I am looking forward to talking about this. Just literally a stupid situation where it's like, I'm going to close on you. Okay, this is going to help me out. Why is that? Because I need to get bigger boobs. So we're just going to say that you swelled up my chest. And JBL's probably like, okay. Um, well, I guess I can take credit for that. Bullied somebody so hard that her dance got bigger. <laughs> Nate just got a notepad out for his next indie appearance. <laughs> Could I do an intergender match? <laughs> Some random person being like, so are you planning on getting like an enhancement? Yes, I got the perfect storyline for you. <laughs> Let's go back to 2003 and watch something ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, okay. Oh, oh boy. Okay, Nate, we're here. I have a scotch in my hand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sip at this. 
I'm not going to chug it because I just don't want to. That's actually very good scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. I don't love this match. Fuck this match. Stephanie versus Vince. First ever, and as far as I know, hopefully, only ever, father versus daughter match. It's also an I quit match. It's also no holds barred. We just learned that Vince can only win by submission. And Stephanie can win by any means necessary. The vignette for this match was basically the same vignette. They started off with this show. I skipped it because it was just uncomfortable. This match happens because... Pause for a minute. Pause for a minute. Because there are some things I want to touch base on when it comes to this uh, this buildup that they're talking about. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you wanted somebody to be an empowered female role model, or at least a carbon copy of it, I feel like Stephanie McMahon kind of hits the role for this, where Vince is just like, well, I want my dog to come out here, and I want her to quit. And Stephanie's like, I will not quit. Not now. Not ever. I will, though, in the first ever I quit match, where if you lose, you're fired as the SmackDown general manager. And then, like a few weeks later, he's just like, "Oh, oh, by the way, if uh, if Stephanie wins, I will quit. I will resign as chairman of the board." And so many people were like, "Oh God, please, Stephanie win! Please, Stephanie win!" And then we get this touching, emotional interview by Stephanie. I never thought that at any point my father would ever put his hands on me. <laughs> when when he grabbed my hair and threw me down. <laughs> Just bravo. That that's gonna sign you up for a not Academy Award. Nope, not a Dundee. Golden Globe. Uh, uh, uh no, I wouldn't even say a Dundee. Um what are the um awards that are more dubbed for like the worst of the worst? Oh, the raspberry. The Razzies, oh, raspberry. Yes. There is a raspberry performance right there. Yeah. Some people will be like, but she was crying and everything. I don't care. It was for a stupid program. We're not there yet. Not there yet. I'm cool. I'm cool. We're fine. We're fine. Anyway, but she ends up by saying, like, if my dad thinks that we're ever going to have a relationship after this, it's not happening. It's not happening. And Vince has the weird line of, like, may God have mercy on your souls. And they have this weird, like, close up on his eye, and then it pans over to a terrified Stephanie. Just like, okay. You're looking at this being like, is this legit happening? Are they legit trying to make this serious? Like, yeah, yes, they are. And uh, it happens. But I have mentioned that, just that raspberry performance by both these individuals. Continue, Fretz. Okay. So this match is happening because Stephanie booked the main event of Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. Because The Undertaker was like, hey, when him and I think it was when they had whatever match was at SmackDown, the Iron Man match. Yes. Taker was like, Taker was like, hey, I want the winner. 
I'm not going to get involved because I respect the title, but I do not respect you, Vince McMahon. So now I'm coming to collect. I don't forgive and I don't forget. I think we're taken back to No Mercy last year. I thought the Hell in the Cell was this year, but I forgot about the Baker Chain match. I I freaking reviewed. No, we reviewed the Hell in the Cell match at some point in time. We did way back in the... It's it's awesome. The only thing that's awesome about this is the fact that I want to do a Limp Biscuit one-way sizzle reel to uh, Linda wanting a piece of Sable. Just one more fight and it's just sweet like stone face zombie linda from wrestlemania 17 with okay this is gonna linda's pleading vince shoves steph steph jumps on vince and gets glammed this is uncomfortable oh this is when i write nate going to discriminate in my notes hold that thought yes vince is not really hitting Steph because you know you I think you and I talked about this uh privately a while ago this was right before Paul Avec and Stephanie McMahon literally got married not in the back of a truck in Vegas I'm I'm getting there very soon if there's a mark on Stephanie I'm leaving you basically is what there was an ultimatum here if you give her a she had a shiner she did have a she did have not a shiner, but I think she had some bruises after this. This is basically a snuff film. Sable slaps Stephanie McMahon, and Linda chases her off. Linda with the best, worst Jenna Maraska punch slaps, mounted, whatever, of all time. Stephanie gets some shots in, and then Vince hits a clothesline. Vince locks in the Canadian Maple Leaf, the half Boston Crab, and a surfboard choke. Sable sneaks a pipe in the ring. No, this is when Linda hits. Vince pushes his own wife. And then we see a slap. Stephanie with a low blow, getting some pipe shots in. A Brett's rope pipe shot, by the way. Steph with a bulldog. Oh, my God, she's going to win. No, Vince powers out. Pipe shot. And then chokes Stephanie with the pipe. And like Owen and like Helen Hart at Survivor Series 94... Linda McMahon throws in the towel and Vince wins this match. Nate, the floor is yours. So one of the things I told Fretz was that the more I thought about this match after it took place, the angrier I got. Who the hell and their rightest mind thinks that having a father-daughter match was a good idea. I'll tell you who. Vincent Kennedy McMahon thought that the best way to get over as a major heel was to put his daughter down. Not what should have happened. Obviously, if I had a choice, Steph should have won. Because with Vince McMahon winning, it does nothing. It does nothing. And I don't care if somebody's going to be like, well, this is major spoilers. Well, vote for the match with The Undertaker. There's no point to having this matchup. There's no reason for this to even exist. Only just to feast and give Vince McMahon that 
lust for sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Because the fucking dude is a fucking pervert, he gets to hang out with the hot woman, a two-time Playboy model. Who cares? Um, yeah, he, he, meant, he mentions the fact in his documentary, he was just like, so I'm a womanizer, love women. I'm like, oh, I bet you do. I bet you do. And it has come to play because it goes to the personal life that Vince and Linda have been separated for a long time. That's a that's a thing to talk about at another time. But this matchup is all types of wrong. Dr. Cox said it best. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. There's no reason for this matchup to exist. If they had, you know, surrogate people involved with this, that'd be fine. It, it would be fine. And that could have been a deal where maybe the surrogate for Stephanie would get revenge on Vince McMahon. There, that'd be fine. Then you create a new star for that one. Or Something else happens. I don't know. But this just... The fact that it happened before Stephanie McMahon and Triple H got married makes it even worse. Because as we mentioned, Linda said, if you put a mark on her, I will never forgive you. I will straight up leave you. And I'm pretty sure she left with a couple of marks. Somehow Linda found the fun in her heart. God bless her to forgive him, but it's also one of those things where, like, this dude should have been punished. This was all types of wrong. This matchup should not have existed. This did nothing. Nothing. That is what this is. It does nothing. It is wrong. It does nothing. It is wrong. It does nothing. It is an abomination to everything. I mean, we talk about how our good friends over at the Ruthless Aggression Pod have the honor of saying that if a match is bad it's called a brother sucks this is below brother sucks this is brother what the fuck that is what this is this match sucks it is stupid it is wrong it is nothing it proves nothing except it inflates Vince McMahon's ego congratulations Vince you got an ego congratulations grapefruits congratulations you're a fucking idiot oh that versus this is why i had you on today <laughs> fan friggin' plastic that was not um yeah that was it was it was a snuff film that's all i can say about that match but we need a palate cleanser john cena versus kurt angle and the puck is dropping in Toronto as well. And also, hallelujah. Okay, is John Cena here? Um, he raps about Siegfried and Roy's recent tiger attack. Were you aware that this happened back then, Nate? You know who Siegfried and Roy are. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think Roy, I think, got like super mauled, almost died. I feel like this is one of those things where. You know the phrase of you know fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me. I feel like this happened this happened on multiple occasions, where it's like at what point do you just not do anything with tigers? 
Yeah, or wild animals in general, or there was this other guy, I, his name escapes me, but this guy that loved bears, who went and lived with bears and did documentaries with bears and got eaten by them. It's, or maybe don't fuck with wild animals. Don't have a crocodile as a support animal. I'm looking directly at you. I don't know what fan of what team it was, but I saw it online and it was stupid. Okay, he also talks about prostitute with herpes and you know, Kurt's got a small dick and his head is hollow. You don't suck, you swallow. This match here. Oh, pause, pause, friends, friends. We have to talk about one of the best buildups to this matchup. Okay. Because we have Kurt Angle come out dressed as Cena. Oh, yes. And he is wrapping his ass off so well uh some of the quotes i remember it's just like i'm gonna beat you down and then i'm gonna do my dance <laughs> and he just grabs his nuts for whatever reason and then he does um or john cena gets that final word in and the crowd kind of joins in or he's just like you was about his own king to come out here and see kurt so i can kick your butt you get it because because butt and tut they ride them together Ladies and gentlemen, because Kurt Angle's music hits. But wait, Kurt's in the ring. Who's going to be coming out? Uh, it's a little person dressed as Kurt Angle. Oh, oh right. my God, this is great. Right. And fucking Kurt is just having fun. You can't see me. You can't see me. Comes from behind. Comes nice. Well, no, you really can't see me. And he tries to beat up the little guy. But no, he falls fly on his face. <laughs> the mini Kurt drops the straps. Ankle lock, ankle lock. And as Kurt tapping, he's also sucking his thumb. Like, see, probably. <laughs> right, yes, yes. And of course, this is where Cena gets pissed off. He comes out. He tries to get one on Kurt, and Kurt's just like, yep, yeah, nope. <laughs> So I had to mention that because it is one of the best things to build up to this. I, this match itself should have just been its own pay-per-view. This build-up was great. And now we go into this matchup. Oh, hallelujah. We have a palate cleanser. We have a venue cleanser. This is beautiful. Her name was Kurt Angle, and what the heck? I won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. And I believe Brian Hebner, beatbox aficionado himself, was doing a bit of the beat for this. And then well, I don't know right. if it was here. I don't know if this was here or another spot, but um, somebody like Hebner was making the noises and then did a like a beat, but it was. Someone was like touching uh, John Cena's head. Bing, bing. Still stands out to be 20 friggin' years later. <laughs> oh, man. The, the Brian have un underrated referee, one of the goats. This match, uh, I, was, I was saying, <laughs> this match here, this moment is the moment of McGillicott. No, not that. John Cena was made in this match. He'd already be getting 
relatively positive reactions from the crowd as of late because the you know smarky smart crowd are really taking the shine to John Cena. It's refreshing not to hear John Cena sucks to his theme song, even like last night on NXT. Same thing. <laughs> we get dueling chance. John Cena would be babyface like a week after this. So Angle has the arm drags. Steamboat approves. This match, of course, is another full circle moment from John Cena's debut a year and a half previous to this. You know, at the opening of my show, you know, what makes you think that you can come out here and stand in the ring with the very best? Ruthless aggression. And we're off. Um, have you seen Angle's document new documentary on Peacock? I have not, but I will say that somebody did point out that it's very similar to the one that A and E did, only with a bit more uh I think they added a bit more flavor to it. I think there were just some couple things that they added onto it, which I thought, oh, okay, that's that's kind of cool. But um, I have heard like the synopsis and the breakdown of it, to which, my God, Kurt Angle is literally a beast, and he is also probably one of those human beings that is very lucky to be alive. He's probably he is like a human version of a cat. I feel like he's used up at least seven of his nine lives. And I also was really sad to hear that, you know, all the stuff that he did in um, in wrestling is definitely coming back to haunt him. Because one of the things I remember him saying was that he wants to be able to, you know, pull his kids and play with his kids. And sometimes that's tough for him to do because he's given so much of his body. So Kurt Angle, major props to you. And also shout out to you. You're absolutely amazing, bro phenomenal his neck was knackered here like in the documentary it's like you know he broke his neck like a million times he was wrestling here really hurt and it was just like basically i have to get through and then after wrestlemania 20 you know when he had the he was the gm and he was thrown off the platform that's when he finally got some rest i think his neck may have still been broken here at this point in time don't quote me on that and this didn't help because John Cena gets a rude awakening, a neckbreaker on, on the broken neck man. Um, WWE has no choice to make Kurt Angle babyface here. A lot of rest holds. There's a spine buster. Angle with that running belly-to-belly bit in the corner that he does. No. John Cena has scouted him and shoves him off the top rope. Those were a drop kick, but Kurt, but yeah, Angle drop kick. Oh, Cena goes for like a top rope something. And then... He gets drop kicked in the knee, selling the knee. Take notes for later. Angle with a forearm. He is gaining the advantage. We have an ankle lock, but he reaches the ropes. We see a one bit here that was teased. Don't even tease me with this, because this just would have been absolutely insane. When they're both on the apron, and Kurt Angle has John Cena on the waist lock, and it looks like he's going to German him off the apron through the announce table behind them. Don't tease me with that, because both of you literally would have been dead. At that point in time, that is ridiculous. And because the apron is the hardest part of the ring, and because Apron Bump Podcast, shout out to Kyle, we see a DDT on the apron. A Brett's Rope Famouser, that rocker dropper move that uh, Cena had not done yet, begins here. Angle with a German suplex. We see John Cena with the throwback. Angle is taking him to Suplex City. 
Cena hits a buckle bomb on Kurt Angle, an FU kick out. Another FU is countered into the angle slam for another finisher kick out. Cena gets the chain, but the ref sees it, and then behind the referee's back, like he thinks he's Eddie Guerrero. Oh, crap, Eddie's on the show, too. He gets Angle's medal, smacks him with it. We get a kick out. And then finally, ankle lock, tap out. Angle wins in a pilot cleanser. A great match, and Cena's getting pushed to the moon from this point on. What do you think, Nate? So... You mentioned that this is the one where Cena definitely becomes a bona fide star, and I agree. The genesis was earlier in this year where he had that match with The Undertaker. He had a good starter. It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, he, he can go for a good one. Now he had to face a workhorse in Kurt Angle. He stood toe-to-toe with him. So this definitely is one of those things where it's like, okay, this kid's got something. And, and like you said, it only took like maybe about week maybe two for him to slowly become babyface and no it's great it definitely, it definitely has another one of those um great raps when you i will tell you guys this that when frets goes into talking about survivor series 2003 you're definitely going to hear a change of reaction from his reaction that he got at no mercy to survivor series and how people just clicked with him they start they really loved him and he doesn't really miss a beat. It definitely is one of those things where it's like he went from face to, went from heel to face, and he still got that magic touch to him. Phenomenal. We then see the Baltimore Ravens, and because uh, it doesn't involve Taylor Swift, I'm not interested. Go Chiefs. Next up for the United States Championship, we have Eddie Guerrero, who I think is still one half of the tag champs at this point in time. Defending against the Big Show. Now, this match had been being set up on SmackDown the previous few weeks. We have a sewage truck getting involved. We have Big Show having laxative-powered burritos. We have Chokeslam on a lowrider. This is your classic Davey and Goliath match with uh, not a lot of time in it. Only this time, Goliath wins. Eddie lobs a chair into the ring like he's going to lie, cheat, and steal, but the distraction allows him to get a trash can lid. We see a choke slam by the Big Show, but Eddie gets his foot on the ropes. A low blow and a DDT by Eddie Guerrero. And finally, Big Show just said, sod it, I've had enough. Boom, choke slam. We have a new United States champion. After the match, I think Chavo is trying to comfort Eddie, saying, uh, you still have one title, bro. Come on, it's okay. You still have one title. Uh, spoiler alert, not for long. <clears throat> Chavo turns you. <clears throat> uh, Josh meets a big show backstage and basically says, I told you so. What do you have to say here, Nate? New champion. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's an interesting choice to have big show as U.S. champion. But at the same time, Eddie had a really good run as as the first United States champion. Uh Great match with Benoit, and then he had that four-way of SummerSlam, which we covered, and it's still damn good. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, it's time for us to move on to like the next chapter for the U.S. title. And it went to, to Mr. Big Show, who will be a crucial role in one Juan Cena in 2004. 
That is right. Uh, Juan Cena, the long-lost cousin. We should have ran that on TV. John Cena with a mask after he got fired by the Nexus. That would have been funny. That was only on house shows. And the Mexican, the non-union Mexican equivalent uh, Mexican-powered theme that they had for Juan Cena. Phenomenal. Finally, we're on to the main event. I forgot was a biker chain match. I thought Helm Cell was here and that we get the setup to Vince McMahon versus Taker in Hell in the Cell. Spoiler alert, I'm not doing Survivor Series 03. You and I already covered it ages ago. I got a different I got a different plan in place, but we'll get there in a second. So Brock defending the title against the Undertaker. This is just leading from the bit where Oh, there, and not Toronto scored. Boo. Um, you had a bit here where Taker was wanting the title after Iron Man. We see a sizzle reel of Brock's recent greatest hits with Zach Gowan and everyone else that he's taken out on TV. I think Paul London was among them in his WWE debut. And the first person here who can get the chain up on this pole can use it. Speaking of Bash at the Beach, this reminds me of that silver dollar match that you and I did with, uh, was it the Shark and uh, Boss Man? Oh, God. <laughs> now, we're not going to talk about rolls of coins here because that's just a whole other kettle of fish, but my goodness. Uh, so this stipulation here doesn't make sense because they go for the pinfall in s- several times in this match while not having used the chain yet. Anyways, here we have an old school is denied. He got a meat slapping match. He finally lands the old school. And of all things for the Undertaker to try and use, it was a La Magistra cradle. Like like Kaz called it a luchador move. It is. It's definitely like a luchador cradle move. Uh, Nacho Libre's finishing move. There's a quiz for you. There's a walk and brawl in the schmas around the ring, a fisherman buster by Brock Lesnar. They mentioned the late, great Kurt Henning. Taker here. Th- th- this match takes a little while to get going. It's a very, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory kind of match? Taker goes for the chain. Someone's messing with the lights. Oh, crap. King of the Ring 99 strikes again. Uh, there is a Mania 20 sign that we legally at the point to because mania 20 is coming up and <laughs> you want another full circle moment nate um you know the baby that was in the wrestlemania 20 opening yeah that is declan mcmahon who was shown on camera at fast lane he is now like a university of something running back holy shit that is a major that- full circle moment and Makes me feel old. Like I'm turning 40 next year. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's doing things. Uh, the steel steps get involved. A pile driver on the steps by Taker and seeing a move like that, that'll take out your hips and your opponent's head. So is the risk worth it? Uh, see a triangle, a rope assisted triangle choke, or it was either this move of the dragon sleeper that Taker called the taking care of business. I get it. You're a big fan of of BTO. Brock. Oh, he, he gets the steps here, covers, but hasn't gone for the chain yet. So can you win without using the chain? 
that has not been made clear. Brock goes for the chain, but he Taker tries to do a last ride, but instead gets countered out of that. We see a goozle, a spine buster, an arm bar. Brock powers up, power bombs the Undertaker, a dragon sleeper, an F5. There's a foot on the ropes. Uh, Brock's going for the pole again, gets a super choke slam, goes for the chain. Out come the FBI. Everyone eats finishers. We see a last ride, and we see a bit where Taker, God bless him, at that point in time in his life, can still leap over the top rope and plancha onto all of FBI. Well, except for Nunzio, who is trying to climb up. He gets hoyed off the top of the pole. Taker finally has the chain, but out comes Vince McMahon to ruin the party, crotches the Undertaker on the rope, Chain shot, chain gang, Brock wins. Uh, and retains the title leading into Survivor Series. Team Brock versus Team Angle, I think it was. Yikes. Uh, this wasn't terrible, but I don't know. Nate, how did you like this match? I got to be honest, man. When this match was going on, I was literally doing like everything else. I think I was like cleaning and I was also eating. I had very little interest in this matchup. I knew it was going to suck and it did. So as, <laughs> as merciful as you are to me, I'm showing no mercy in this matchup because this was a match that literally could have just been a no holds barred match. It could have been last man standing. It could have been something else, but they decided, well, we're going to make something different here. You don't, You'd use the biker chain. Uh, ooh, let's put it on a pole. And Vince Russo is somewhere going like, hey, bro, I think that's a great idea, bro. I may not be a part of the company, bro, but I approve, bro. And we're just rolling our eyes like, great. This will be fun. I mean, if the match ends before the chain's being used, then what's the point of the fucking chain being on that pole? This matchup was a cluster of what the fuck, and why even bother? It's really weird that I think to myself, wow, I'm saying that about this matchup, but when it comes to a Basham match, I'm like, wow, this deserves to be on a pay-per-view more than the WWE title matchup at this point. Uh, it, the stipulation was a bit of a cluster. I think why not go for a different match type? I mean, you already had Hell in the Cell, so yeah. you weren't going to run it back with them this year yet. They had to think of something else and give them credit for doing that, but I don't know. Uh, Nate, I already did Survivor Series 2003, so I might have a different show in mind. Um, this calls for an attitude readjustment. Attitude I, think, readjustment. I think I might be switching eras in the timeline. Ooh. Really? And I'm going to say it here. I don't know when I'm doing it yet, but it might be closer to the actual date. I'm going to start at a certain wedding chapel in November of 1999. You don't and mean. go from... Oh, I do. Say hello to the new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I've always wanted to do Attitude Era, so I think that's a good spot to start. 
I'm going to do some SmackDowns, but since I did Survivor Series, I'm going to start after 99 and go from there. I think that's, and I wanted to do 2000, but that's that's damn good stuff. Um, yeah, Overall, this show, I think it was like a prolonged episode of SmackDown and Velocity. It had some good bits, A-Training, Chris Benoit. I mean, Basham's and APA being entertaining for all the right and wrong reasons. On the Cruiserweight Championship match, in proper SmackDown fashion, great opener. If I had to crown this, because Kings of the Rings are going live here in just a little bit, 6.75. Nate, what about you? Ooh, in honor of the Kings of the Rings. Um, I, you hit a lot of nails on the head. We mentioned the good, which is mainly around Cruiserweights, Angle Cena, and probably yeah no it's it's crazy to think that uh that between between benoit and a train and apa and bastion brothers i'm like wow these deserve to be on the pay-per-view more than two of the featured matches that were supposed to sell out this show um unfortunately the main event in that one match that will remain nameless, did a disturbance to the show. So I'm going to give it a 4.5 crowns for this one. Well, that, that is a very fair criticism. Uh, Nate, where can people find you? Where can they find you? Um, well, there's a fight. Find you <laughs> wrestling, find you on social media. And uh, is there any matches coming up that you're legally allowed to talk about? <laughs> to see if she is virtually I don't know why I went to Wizard of Oz I'm sorry <laughs> but um so for those that want to interact with me on the social medias I do have the X Twitter or whatever you want to call it uh at real FN game which is also my Instagram handle um I am a proud put member of the wrestling radio family and I just finished up Season 3.4 of Brace for Impact, which ended on a bit of an interesting note. I definitely tried to highlight as much as I could. Uh, but now 4.5, ironically enough, is on the horizon. And I'm actually not going to be, uh, this is an exclusive to you, Mr. Bretz. I'm going to be taking just a little bit of a break just to get through everything. But 4.5 is not going to start with a pay-per-view. It's actually going to start with an Impact show. That takes place in Sin City, Las Vegas. I think we're lead, you're, you're leading into the main event mafia, right? I certainly am. It's the genesis of the main event mafia, ladies and gentlemen, which means we get that debut. We get a huge announcement made by one and only Cactus Jack, dude love mankind McFoley. We also get a new championship introduced and a couple of championship matches, which include Sheik Abdul-Bashir defending his X-Division title against Jay Lethal and Taylor Wilde defending her knockouts title against Awesome Kong. So I'll be talking about that and more on the season premiere of Brace for Impact. Quite a bit to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <clears throat> definitely check out the merch store because I am working 
with one of our wonderful people, our GM, about possibly getting some new merch up, which may include some involving a certain independent wrestler. Just saying. So be on the lookout for that. Maybe we'll get something by Christmas time. I'm not quite at liberty to say, but it's one of those things where you'll just have to kind of wait and see. The banana peel. I forgot the freaking green screen. (laughs) I know for some reason you just went like, you just disappeared and then you just came back. So truly a Bray Wyatt themed episode. God God bless him. So as far as where people can check out the wrestling, I actually do have a lot of my wrestling matches up on YouTube right now, which will be under the Game Changer Podcast Network's YouTube channel. Uh, Definitely check that out because you get to see a lot of Banana Housen, Banana Man, Nate the Grandana, whatever I'm called. It's great. But also the main event match I had with Midwest Cyber Wrestling, MCW, got the chance to wrestle the Priest of Pain for the MCW Heavyweight Championship. And I'll tell you guys this, that still feeling a little bit of the effects from that. It's definitely one of those matches that I look back at and it definitely leaves an impact. So uh, as far as where I'll be wrestling next, it's still a work in progress right now. Um, It's just one of those things where trying to get things going, especially with the holiday season coming up, it's a little bit tough, but Definitely, guys, don't want to miss out on 2024. It's going to be a slobber knocker of a good time. Whether it's the banana, whether it's as MCW heavyweight champion, you're definitely not going to miss out on that. I will say this. Shout out to Zach from Wild P for always having the faith in me, opening by saying, the reigning, defending, undisputed MCW heavyweight champion, Nate the F and Grace. It's going to be a sad day if I drop that title and have to tell him the bad news. Keyword if I'm playing and holding it forever like Bruno San Martino, not Roman Reigns. Ooh, I was gonna say if you're gonna break the Gunther record, I'm 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 with you, but the Bruno record, even more so. So you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. I just got Blue Sky, so that's the Twitter without trolls. Um at Fretzelmania, that's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. We are on Wrestle Attic Radio. Say it with me, kids. The cure. For the common wrestling podcast this has been the reigning defending undisputed mcw heavyweight champion of the world the king of potassium style nate the grandana and mr frets gcp for life until next time folks keep your stick on the ice This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.